Okay, continuing letter 26. So we're discussing here sovereignty of the world of being. And we're looking at it trying to understand how it also could be termed part of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Now, in the world of being, sovereignty is absolute godliness, one indivisible with the infinity of God itself. But this godliness descends. It descends all the way to the level we refer to as klipas noiga, this admixture of godliness and evil. It descends in order to extract and refine the sparks that fell there with the sin of Adam, as well as the 288 sparks that fell with the shattering of the vessels that prior to our world reality, there's a higher reality called the reality of the world of chaos, which was deliberately designed with very intense godly light in thinner godly vessels that couldn't handle the intensity of the light for the purpose of the shattering of those vessels. And those vessels shattled, shattered, and 288 shards fell all the way down into our material reality. And through utilizing that material world and serving God with it, we extract those energies, which is the reason why sovereignty of the world of being descends all the way down into this level, which is what we call the principle of the exile of the divine presence, that the divine presence here is being exiled, coming under the rule of evil, but it's for a purpose. As the verse says, man rules over man to his detriment. As we've explained before, this means in the times of exile, man, forces of evil, are ruling over the supernal man, the force of godliness, but it's to his detriment. It's for the detriment of evil that through godliness being under evil, godliness can extract that which is trapped under the evil, and it can be elevated and disencumbered from the evil. So with this understanding, we're now going to be able to answer something else that the Rebbe raised. In looking at this piece of the Zohar, it seemed to say that the Torah scholars are being supported by the common man who was giving them food that could be impure. And therefore, the Torah scholars invested much time in studying the laws of purity and impurity. Now, we know the Torah scholars spent much time studying these laws, but we also know that the Torah scholars generally were supported by themselves. And they generally had their own fields and produced their own food. So obviously there was no issue here of a fear of contact with ritual impurity. So why were they putting so much time into studying these laws? Well, this relates to what we just explained. That during the time of exile, when we have this influence of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, the divine presence is granting life force to forces of evil. In this realm of this admixture, where the godliness is being veiled by the forces of evil. So the Torah scholars are studying these laws in order to extract the godly energy trapped in the confusion and non-understanding of the laws themselves. And that's what the Zohar means when it says that when the tree of good and evil dominates, the sages who have nothing except what's given to them by those who are called unsanctified what it means is at the time of exile of the divine presence, which is granting life force to these forces of evil belonging in this realm of this admixture of Klippas Naiga, from which these common people, from which these people are deriving their life force, from which the nations of the world, the mixed multitude, derive their life force, 
And the distilled essence of that is nourishing the Torah scholars during exile because their main spiritual task is be engaged in the study of the Torah and the commandments to disencumber and elevate the sparks. And that's why their study chiefly involved deliberation or argumentation over these laws of permissible, forbidden, impure, pure, to disencumber the permitted and the pure from the forbidden and impure by the deliberation, by the argumentation on the laws. With their faculties of intellect, with the intellectual faculties of their soul. Because Tyra ultimately derives from God's seminal wisdom. So the sparks of holiness hidden within this legal question can be extracted and elevated through seminal wisdom. So the scholars are using their seminal wisdom to extract God's seminal wisdom that's invested within the confusions around these laws. And this refers to the highest seminal wisdom, to seminal wisdom of the world of being that was vested in sovereignty of the world of being, which is the source here of the oral law. And we know this then descends to sovereignty in the world of formation because we learned that the Mishnah, that the laws of the oral law are in the world of formation. And there we have also the beginning of this level that we're calling the tree of knowledge of good and evil. This level of this admixture of godliness and evil in this world of formation. 